your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten, he wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast, August 19th, 2020. Your boy Q here with you. Very excited as I am always to jump into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I let you know about what's coming up on today's show, I do want to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. I told you Built Bar is back. Told you how you can get some uh, really good protein bars. Again, they are back. They taste like a candy bar, but they're a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get $10 off of your order. It doesn't matter if you ordered one time, three times, 20 times. It doesn't matter. You can get $10 off right now if you you go to builtbar.com. That's the promo code. I'll tell you more about it at the end of segment number one. But very excited about today's episode. And the reason why I'm so excited has to do with what I'm going to talk about in segment number one as far as news and notes. But let me go ahead and give you the breakdown of today's show before I get into that. Segment number three, I got your calls and your text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Coming up in segment number two today. I was supposed to be on with Cofield and company on ESPN Las Vegas. I was supposed to be on on Thursday. Uh, Cofield had hit me up over the weekend. I forgot to tell you about this on the podcast on Monday. He had hit me up over the weekend and said, man, hey, everything sounds really good on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, I'd like to make you a regular guest every single Thursday at 4.15 on the show. And I was like, man, for real? So, you know, I'm going from a guy that always wanted to be on the radio in Las Vegas, a guy who was blessed to be on Silver and Black today. Then all of a sudden it turned into Raider Nation Radio 920. Now I'm all of a sudden on ESPN Las Vegas. I'm supposed to be on there every single Thursday at 4.15 West Coast time with uh, Steve Cofield and company. So I'm excited about that. But then I got a text message earlier on Tuesday saying, hey, Q, you are, are you going to be available at 4.15 today? Are you going to be ready? And I was like, wait, today's Tuesday, not Thursday. And, uh, and the producer for the show was like, nah, man, you're supposed to be on today. That's what Steve said. So I was like, yeah, I'm down. No doubt about it. So I was actually on Cofield and company on Tuesday afternoon after I was done with Raider Nation Radio 920. So I went from doing ESPN Central Texas. Then I went to Raider Nation Radio 920, Silver and Black Today. And then 15 minutes after that, I jumped on ESPN Las Vegas. So you want to talk about a dude who was on his A game and working and grinding? That was me on Tuesday. So I'm actually going to bring that conversation. I'm not going to do this every week, but I'm going to bring that conversation to you in segment number two here in segment number one as I do on the daily I'll give you the news and the notes of the day so let's go ahead and jump right into it because I know a lot of Raider Nation got real excited when they heard the news and I think the first person I saw from was Vic Tafer he put out a tweet early on Tuesday saying Tom Flores has been selected by the Pro Football Hall of Fame senior committee as the lone coach nominee 
for the class of 2021, which to me means he is absolutely 100%, no doubt about it, into the Hall of Fame in 2021. Long time coming. What a, uh, It was a, a shame that he wasn't in already, a shame that he's not in already, but looks like he's going to be in in the class of 2021. Then I saw my good buddy John McClain from the Houston Chronicle tweet out, it's such an honor to be on the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee and be a witness to NFL history. Being part of our five-man committee that selected Tom Flores as the coach's nominee and Drew Pearson as the senior's nominee for the class of 2021 today was a privilege. Again, Tom Flores has so many accolades and has done so many things, and I always catch a lot of hell and a lot of flack for saying it, but he was Tony Dungy before Tony Dungy, and I got a lot more respect for Tom Flores just because I feel like he gets overshadowed and overlooked all the time. Like, people think that what he did wasn't major accomplishments, and he didn't break down barriers like, you know, being a Latino and being the first Latino to do things isn't a man of color, which he very much is. I never understood that, where they never, ever give Tom Flores credit where credit is due, but it's always, well, hey, you know, Tony Dungy did this or Art Shell did this. Look, man, Tom Flores did it first, you know, so uh, very excited. That was great news. Well, Tom Flores was a guest on JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. He comes on right before Scott and uh, myself. And uh, here's just a couple minute exchange right at the very beginning of the conversation. You can find the whole conversation uh, at LVSportsNetwork.com. Check it out. They got the whole like 10 or 11 minute conversation up there. A really good conversation between Flores and JT The Brick. But here was just the first couple minutes on uh, Tom Flores getting the news and uh, what his feelings were about it. Well, I just found out about it a little while ago. I was actually at the eye doctor to have my eyes checked, and, and uh, when all this, all of a sudden, my my phone started exploding, and it was one call after another. I said something's going on, and and uh, I finally realized what it was. I was getting calls from different people around the country congratulating me on making the uh, final you know, for the old timers and uh, being and the only coach on the ballot, uh, which is encouraging, you know, but I've been down this road before, so I'm a little reluctant to start celebrating yet. Yeah, Coach, and I knew you'd say that, but I, I follow the Hall of Fame very closely, like a lot of fans. Was this something that we were expecting on the calendar? Was this something a couple of days ago, or were you completely blown away getting these phone calls? No, I was blown away. I didn't know, you know, yeah. we haven't even started. We're, we're barely into training camp, and all of a sudden they're coming up with the Hall of Fame, and I'm not even sure when they're going to, I think you know, they're talking about doing the vote in 2021, but is that 2021 season or 2021 Super Bowl? Yeah, what I got was the day before the Super Bowl, which I got from an email that just came yeah. through. So, again, you've been waiting patiently, you and your wife, your kids, your grandkids. But, again, for you, Coach, I can't tell you how many fans – are just so excited right now. They didn't expect this announcement. They know you're a Hall of Famer. They're hoping for the best here. But, again, do you feel that from your friends, fans, and the organization today? I'm starting to feel it because I, of all the calls I've received from people, uh, some people I haven't talked to for quite a while, but they're calling, and they're, and they're you know friends of mine that I've known forever. That, and, all of a sudden, uh, and then I'm getting calls from uh, people that I haven't talked to for a long time. It's really something. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting. But I can't, like I said, I'm a little reluctant to get too excited because uh, I've been down this road before and, and just disappointed. But this is, uh, this, 
pretty close, I think. So there he is, Tom Flores, still guarded. You know, still one of those where he's like, hey, man, I've been down this road. I felt really good about it. And again, it was criminal that he wasn't putting in during the uh, the 2020 when they had the Centennial class and it was just so many people that they put in, uh, the 20 Hall of Famers that they put in. It was a shame that he wasn't inducted then or at least uh, put in there, nominated then and put in, uh, you know, said that he was a Hall of Famer then because, again, uh, those guys still haven't gone through their ceremonies because of COVID-19, so they didn't do all that. But just, I mean, just to know that that time passed and he didn't get in. Obviously, Cliff Branch passed before he was able to get in. Thought that that was uh, criminal as well. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed that everything is good to go and that he makes it all the way through 2021 and uh, he's able to cross that stage and get that gold jacket and see his bust there in Canton, Ohio, as it is deserved. So hats off to Tom Flores. Like I said, man, very, very excited about him being selected for the NFL Hall of Fame. He was the lone coach nominee for the class of 2021. So he don't have no competition. It's him versus him. So I feel pretty stinking good about his chances. Next up, Vic Tafer had a couple of camp notes that I thought were pretty interesting. He said three quick observations from camp. Arden Key, explosive, is having a very good week at camp. Eric Harris with the pancake of Lynn Bowden Jr., who definitely needs to work on his pass blocking. And then Brian Edwards continues to look like a veteran. He and Ruggs have been impressive. Uh, again, those are three pretty interesting notes from Vic Tafer. Arden Key's a guy that I've been kind of down on and, and kind of taking that role of, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, sounding so far that he's been playing the part and being very explosive. If he could come on and be an added piece to that defensive line, that would be huge for the Raiders. That absolutely would be huge because he's got a lot to prove. So if he can continue to build off of what sounds like a pretty good week, maybe the Raiders are in good shape on that defensive line. Eric Harris, uh, you know, he's just the guy who's always going to continue to get after it. Uh, sounds like Lynn Bowden Jr. needs a lot of work as far as uh, pass blocking, but that's okay. That's something that everyone has to learn. Even Josh Jacobs wasn't that good at all, at all the time in, uh, in his rookie year in 2019. And then Brian Edwards just, well, he continues to shine. Everyone's super high on Brian Edwards, and I've been trying to temper my expectations because I know it's not easy for a rookie to go ahead and make his way into the NFL and have that opportunity to shine, and I know he's got a lot of competition in front of him, uh, mainly Tyrell Williams, who wants to keep that spot, hold on to that spot, so we'll see. Again, uh, very encouraged by what I'm hearing from Brian Edwards, but again, it's a rookie with no offseason, no rookie minicamp, none of that, no preseason games to kind of get acclimated to the NFL. It's just kind of like, hey, jump into the deep end and go, so it's going to be tough for him, but again, it's encouraging to hear positivity about what uh, is going on right now at Raider camp. Uh, also, the Raiders tweeted out on, uh, on Tuesday that they activated running back Rod Smith from the reserve COVID list, and then they waived defensive back Ken Crawley. Best part of that news, they waived defensive back Ken Crawley. He is no good. He's, he's terrible. He's a terrible player. Knew he wasn't going to last long there in, uh, in Raiders camp, so uh, good to see that he is gone. But uh, Rod Smith back from the reserve COVID list. And speaking of the COVID list, uh, across the whole NFL – and this is an interesting note that Field Yates put out on Twitter. There are now just 10 NFL players on the reserve COVID list league-wide. Only one player placed on the list in the last seven days remains on the list, and that's Bengals wide receiver John Ross, who went home with his family. And that's because his, his son or somebody in his family uh, actually came down with that. So he's on the list because of a family member. So that is really good progress. Only 10 guys across the entire league or on the COVID list, uh, the COVID reserve list. So I think that that's really, really positive. My final note here for uh, segment number one of today's uh, Lockdown Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. How about this? No fans are going to be allowed at Gillette Stadium at least through September like 27th, which means that the Patriots, who have home games against the Dolphins on September 13th, and the Raiders on September 27th won't have fans in the stands. So the Raiders, no fans for that game. The Panthers, how about them? 
no fans in the stands for the first few games, which all means that the Raiders won't have any fans at at least the first four weeks of the season. All four weeks of the season, they won't have. Because think about it. The first game of the season is Carolina. The second game is at uh, Allegiant Stadium against the Saints. The third week is the Patriots, so there's no fans. And that's going to be at Gillette Stadium, so no fans there, like I just mentioned. And the fourth week is the Buffalo Bills at Allegiant Stadium. And you know there's no fans there all week or all season. So that's four games right there. And then their fifth game, heading into their bye week, is in Arrowhead against the Chiefs. And they're talking about 22% fans. So they may experience fans for the first time in week five of the regular season. Now, again, I don't even think that's going to happen. I think the NFL is going to rule that nobody's going to have fans throughout the season, but the Raiders definitely will not have fans in any of their first four games, and probably, if any, only 22% at that fifth week against the Kansas City Chiefs before they go into their bye week. And then, oh, by the way, when they come out of their bye week, the next game against, against the Buccaneers is at home, and they ain't going to have no fans there either. So out of their first six games, they might have fans at one of them. So that's all I got for you for uh, segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear my conversation that I had with Cofield and company from ESPN Las Vegas Tuesday evening after I got off of Raider Nation radio. I immediately jumped on to ESPN Las Vegas trying to take over the 702, trying to take over the Las Vegas airways. I guess that's what I was doing. Either way, it is all good. You'll hear that conversation coming up in the next segment. Before I get into that conversation, I told you today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar, right? Well, well, the Built Bar is definitely back. They were gone for a while, but they are back and better than ever. And when I say that they're back and better than ever, what I'm saying is they have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones. How about caramel brownie? How about cookies and cream? Uh, some kind of cherry. I can't even say that word. That's how new it is. Lemon almond cheesecake. They got carrot cake. Again, carrot cake is one of my favorite cake. Actually, it's my favorite cake of all times. If I ever have a birthday cake, that's what it's going to be, carrot cake. And then how about apple almond crisp? That's another new flavor. And of course, they have all the older flavors that they had as well. Uh, again, uh, it's, it's a chocolate. It's a chocolate protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. I like to put them in the fridge and cool them off and just kind of get that a little bit firmer texture to them. But man, they are really, really good. Uh, they are covered 100% in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, and if you're a health conscious guy, but you want to have that high protein bar, that good tasting protein bar, then no doubt about it, the Built Bar is for you. And I know many of you have asked me because they've heard me talking about, you've heard me talking about multiple protein bars. Built Bar is right up there with the best of them. There's only a couple that I really prefer and Built Bar is definitely one of the, the, the ones uh, that are really, really good. So right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, you can get $10 off your next order no matter what all you gotta do is use the promo code locked on ten dollars off at builtbar.com and right now you can get a free cooler with your purchase and now it's only while supplies last so you got to go ahead and make it happen quick fast and in a hurry but you can go get it with your first order again builtbar.com promo code locked on and go ahead and get you a free cooler while you're at it all right segment number two is coming up next my conversation with cofield and company from espn las vegas your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I had a couple things that I wanted to talk about today, but instead, because I kind of was thrown for a loop, not really a loop, just kind of thrown off exactly what my expectations were. I didn't realize I was going to be on Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas on Tuesday. I thought it was going to be Thursday because, well, that's what Steve told me over the weekend. So uh, I am going to start doing that on the regular every single Thursday, 4.15 on West Coast time. I'm going to be on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas, and I know that this is not like earth-shattering 
boring news or is not like the greatest thing to tune into, but I'm just so fired up for the opportunity since I've been wanting to be on uh, radio in Las Vegas for so long. Now, not only am I, you know, on Raider Nation Radio 920 with uh, Scott Goldbranson, Silver and Black Today Show, uh, not only did I get that opportunity on CBS Sports with Scott as well, but now all of a sudden I'm going to get a hit every single week. I mean, they're basically, I'm a dude sitting in Central Texas. Think about this for a minute. This is why I'm so proud of this moment. I'm a dude sitting in Central Texas. They're there in Las Vegas, and there's a lot of people that they have access to right there in their very own building that are out at the facility talking to these players on Zoom that are there observing practice, and they're calling me for the go-to guy as the guest that they want to have on the show on the regular. Now, I, again, not trying to brag. I'm just saying that's a hell of a thing for me. You know, I really, I, again, I have to pinch myself sometimes because I just really cannot believe where this young dude that, you know, didn't have any kind of direction, didn't really want to know what I was going to do in my life, decided to be a radio dude, all of a sudden turned sports, turned Raiders, turned all the, you know what I mean? It's just like this thing came full circle. It's just absolutely nuts and bananas to me. And sometimes I really can't even believe that, you know, this is what it is right now but man oh man so fired up for the opportunity so happy to to have this and, and have these uh, platforms in front of me that I'm able to be a part of so anyway long story short on Tuesday afternoon uh, the producer of Cofield and Company hit me up sent me a text message was like man you ready uh, for the show today 415 I was like no nah, it's supposed to be Thursday and he said yeah Steve has you down for Tuesday and I was like all right cool no problem we'll do it so it's immediately after I got off of Raider Nation Radio 920 uh, 15 minutes later they called me and we had a conversation starting with Tom Flores we talked talked about Derek Carr, talked about Marcus Mariota, talked about um, Brian Edwards Jr., uh, Pritch, who was a guest on our show on uh, on Tuesday. Had a really good conversation, about 11 to 12 minutes, but here is that conversation. Steve Cofield, Cofield and Company, and myself on ESPN Las Vegas. Q Myers, who's over on Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. each day starting at 2 o'clock, joins us here a little after his show ends. I assume that a big topic of discussion today was Tom Flores. Without a doubt, man, it was a real big deal to know that Tom Flores gets the opportunity now to be in the Hall of Fame, something that, you know, he should have been in a long time ago. And uh, just glad to know that his time is coming. It's right around the corner. And uh, being the one guy that got nominated for, uh, you know, the coaches, uh, the coaches, uh, you know, getting into the Hall, he, he's going to get in unless something crazy happens. So keep your fingers crossed. But, yeah, we definitely talked in, in, in great detail about Tom Flores. Now, I think he should be in, but give the audience the case for Tom Flores, who, uh, you know, finished up his career 91 and 56. Well, you know, wasn't a coach for like 20 years. Give uh, the audience who may not be Raiders fans and real knowledgeable on Flores why he should be in. Well, he has so many accolades. You know, a lot of a lot of ones which are, are over overlooked all the time. You know, he won multiple Super Bowls with the Raiders as a coach. He uh, won a, a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. I mean, he was the first uh, Latino head coach. You know, no one ever talks about that. Uh, also, you know, the, the first Latino just to, to, to be coaching up uh, Jim Plunkett, who was the Latino Heisman Trophy winner in college. I mean, he broke so many barriers with the Raiders, and I know he had his down years in Seattle, but uh, Tom Flores really... Uh, he, he deserved a long time ago to be into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I feel like a lot of accolades that Tony Dungy gets credit for, Tom Flores actually did before Tony Dungy, but he never gets credit for it. And it's because Tony Dungy is such a, a nice guy and everyone loves Tony Dungy. And I don't want to discredit him because I think he's a really good dude. But Tom Flores did everything that Tony Dungy's done, but he did it before him. Q Myers with us from uh, Raider Nation Radio. Q is also based in Texas. Uh, so I assume you guys have spoken many times, uh, probably with, but about Drew Pearson, and he's been a guy who's been really emotional about being 
left out of the hall. He was also one of the nominees today. Yeah, I thought that was really cool as well. The original number 88. I mean, he's a guy who's similar to Tom Flores, similar to Cl- Cliff Branch, should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago as well. And so uh, he's probably going to be on our airwaves tomorrow just talking about the, the opportunity. And he was really, really upset when he didn't make it in in the Centennial class as guys like Cliff Branch and Tom Flores both should have been in, but they weren't. I talked to John McClain all the time from the Houston Chronicle, and he's always told me that Flores, the reason he never got in was because, like you mentioned earlier, his time in Seattle, and it just wasn't that great. But to know that Flores is going to get in, knowing that uh, you know uh, uh, my man uh, Pearson's going to get in, it's, it's really a good day for those older guys. And again, to see an accomplished like, accomplishment like that, uh, them achieve it while they're still living, that's, that's a blessing. How do you judge receivers when it comes to the Hall of Fame? It's so difficult because eras change. But if a guy was a game changer, that's where it starts with me. Game changers. Again, the eras change. So the numbers, statistical, it doesn't, you know, you can't really match them up. You can't say a guy from the modern era compared to a Cliff Branch. You can't really, it's not not, uh, apples to apples. It's different. But guys that just changed the game, you know, difference makers. Cliff Branch was that guy. You know, he was a threat. He's the one who, who, why everyone says speed kills because he was that guy. Drew Pearson, he was, I mean, just a dog. You know, he was one of those guys that was a, a, a difference maker. And so if you're one of those, those category difference makers, then that's when you that's when you're starting to get in the consideration for the Hall of Fame. And both those guys definitely were. Can I give you a crazy factoid about the team of the 70s, the to the uh team of the decade for the 1970s? There's obviously uh, a first team and a second team. There's 22 guys. Right. Right? Yep. 21 of 22 from the 70s team of the decade and Drew Pearson was the only guy who's not in. Which is which tells you all you need to know, right? <laughs> That's a crazy, crazy stat right there. But yeah, that tells you all you need to know. He should have been in a long time ago. You know what? You're totally right, too, Q, about this because when I initially saw his numbers, like the first time when he made headlines when he was upset about this stuff, my first thought was, what? Like, this is nothing. Like, what right. are you talking about with these numbers? But I'm looking at it from the perspective of, like, 2020 football as opposed to what the passing game was back then. Um, so for somebody like me who didn't get to watch him or is not familiar with overall what his career was like, uh, I'm sitting from here looking at the numbers strictly and going, that's not a Hall of Fame. Like, that's not a Hall of Fame profile, dude. Right, exactly, and that's the that's the problem, and I don't understand why it's taken so long for a guy like that to be able to get in, especially when most of the Hall of Fame voters are guys that were able to see him play, were able to see that he was a game changer. I mean, there's a Hail Mary for a reason, you know? That was something that Drew Pearson was was the guy. I mean, he's the guy who really uh, started doing that, making that, that popular, coming up with the Hail Mary, coming down with the first Hail Mary in the end zone, and again, Cliff Branch breaking, breaking the, 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 taking the top off of defenses. It's just amazing, man. It's just Guys that changed the game. Cliff Branch, absolutely. Tom Flores as a coach, yes. Andrew Pearson, no doubt about it, as a wide receiver. Talking to Q over on Raider Nation Radio each day, 9.20 a.m. You can hear him at 2 o'clock. What did you think when you first saw the move from Brenton Buckner, who was a a well-liked guy, to Rod Marinelli. What were your first thoughts? You know, I was excited because, like you mentioned, I'm here in Texas, and I know, and I've talked to Rod Marinelli personally, and I, I know what he brings to a defensive line and that defensive, uh, you know, just that that whole coach's room. This dude is an old-school get-after-it. He's going to he's gonna tell you who you are and why you need to, to start playing a little bit better or push you. He's just going to he's gonna be that guy, you know, and, and some people can't take coaching like that, but he's just that old-school dog, and so I was excited about what 
what he brings to the table. I know he doesn't have any ego either. That's the thing about it. When he was still in Dallas, he he gave up the defensive coordinator title to Chris Richard because he was the guy that was up and coming and they were trying to hold on to him and make sure he stayed in-house. So he gave up that title said, yeah, go ahead. You can call the defensive plays. My bread and butter is this defensive line. I'm going to make these guys better. And uh, obviously he's not there in Dallas anymore. I'm excited what he brings to the table. Brinson Buckner was a, a, a fan favorite, no doubt. Everyone saw him on Hard Knocks and were like, oh man, he's he's a, he's the greatest coach ever, but he's still young in the game. So Rod Marinelli with the skins on the wall that he has, I think that makes that uh, that Raiders defensive line that much better. And Max Crosby talked to the media yesterday and he, he said, he's going to push me and he's going to make me better. So Rod Marinelli brings a lot to the table. I'm excited about that addition. Q, one of the narratives going into training camp and getting ready for the season was, hey, Marcus Mariota is going to put some pressure on Derek Carr. <laughs> so far, Mariota, you know, from, again, you know, talking to Adam Hill, who's out there every day, talking to other guys who are out there all the time, he's not being super sharp. Uh, is there any word? Is there something wrong with him? Because um, clearly now there's a gap. The job is safe for Derek Carr. I mean, I think it was safe the whole way, but Mariota was supposed to push him. Yeah, he, he's not pushing him. You know, there was one day when Gruden said he was dazzling because of what he did with his legs. Apparently, when he got with the Raiders, he had an ankle injury and also uh, a shoulder or wrist injury. But his passing as of late hasn't been very good. It just hasn't been on. Uh, anyone who's out there has been saying that, you know, he's having bad passing sessions. So, look, Marcus is a guy that needed to repair who he was. There's a reason why Ryan Tannehill took his job in Tennessee last year. It wasn't because he was sharp and he was killing the game and they just wanted to get a new body in there. It's because he wasn't playing very good. So he's trying to repair his image, trying to get back to being the guy he was when they drafted him and who they expected him to be when the Tennessee Titans drafted him uh, number two overall. And he's got a long ways to go. I think only because he's a guy who's won a playoff game. He's been there, done that. And, you know, he, he's a veteran. He could tell Derek Carr what he sees from the sideline. I think he's going to help in that aspect. But I don't think he's going to push Derek Carr at all. And matter of fact, I think if the Raiders have Marcus Mariota in there starting, they're really in trouble. So we're a new market to the NFL, and we do have experienced media people who have uh, come into the market to cover the Raiders. We've got experienced people here, but I, man, I'm seeing one thing that I think everyone needs to pump the brakes on, and that is the early love for the the rookie wide receivers. <laughs> Am I wrong in being cautious, or should we be uber confident that Ruggs is going to be awesome? You know, Edwards has a chance to steal away the gig from Tyrell Williams. I, did, I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're looking for stories and people get all geeked up sometimes about the young guys. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants the young guys to be home runs, right? Everyone wants to say that every draft pick that Mike Mayock made is going to be a great player. And look, they didn't have a whole lot of picks this year, so maybe these guys all have an opportunity to contribute. But I'm with you. I caution every every day I, I tell Raider Nation, do not get overhyped about what Henry Ruggs is going to do immediately, especially, as you guys know, no offseason, no preseason, no rookie uh, minicamps, no OTAs. There is a big learning curve still for these guys, man. They're not just going to walk into the NFL and take over. I mean, they, they have to understand the NFL game. They got to get on the same page with Derek Carr. They've got to understand Gruden's offense. It's not a one a one word play anymore. Now it's a big, long sentence or paragraph. I mean, they've got to all learn the game. Brian Edwards has been dazzling everyone and, and everyone's glowing review of him. But still, that's really without pads or just a couple days of pads. And it's not, you know, with press coverage from a guy that wants to take your head off. It's, it's with your 
your teammate. So until he's out there against Carolina, until Ruggs is out there with Carolina, you really don't know what you have in these young guys, and that's why it's such a crapshoot. But it sounds good, but everything sounds good and looks good on paper. You don't win games on paper. You guys had Mike Pritchard on today. Obviously, Mike knows what it's like to be a rookie receiver. What was the biggest thing you got out of convo with uh, Pritch in terms of being a rookie and these guys actually producing their first year? You know, it was funny. That was a really good conversation we had with Pritch. And the thing that I asked him was about when he got to Atlanta as a first-round pick, what did he go and say to the veterans? What did he ask them as far as how you improve and how do you become an NFL player? He said he leaned on, you know, Deion Sanders. He went and leaned on Andre Bad Moon Rising and was like, hey, how do I get off the line of scrimmage? How do I get off of that quickly? And that that kind of struck me because, look, this is a first-round draft pick similar to Henry Ruggs. You think that, okay— that's something simple to do, just getting off the line of scrimmage. But it's a different ball game when you're playing against grown men in the NFL. It's not just like it was in college where they're lined up off of you and they're scared of your speed and you're going to run right by them or you're you know so spread out that this is an easy game. This is a grown man's game, and it's going to take a grown man to figure out exactly what he's got to do as a rookie. So that was the question I asked him, and he said he actually went to the side of the field and worked with Andre Risen and Deion Sanders and was working on getting off of the line of scrimmage. And that was one of the most important things as a wide receiver that he had to learn how to do. So uh, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, I'm looking at those guys. Get in the ears of the of the older guys. Get in the ear of Jason Witten. Matter of fact, Darren Waller, he mentioned Jason Witten the other day, and that was one of the things he talked about was the fact that Jason Witten showed him how to get off the line of scrimmage quicker. This is an old man in Jason Witten, but he's teaching this young dude in Darren Waller how to get off the line of scrimmage. I think that's so critical in the development of these guys. Do a good job. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. There you go. Q Myers, who's on uh, with Scott on Silver and Black today, 2 o'clock each day, Monday to Friday, on our brand-new station, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. <laughs> so there it was right there. There was our conversation. And I'll tell you, man, at first I thought I did bad the way, the way he was like, all right, Q, great. Good. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> I was like, damn. All right. Bye. Uh, but anyway, no, he, uh, that's just a uh, Cofield. That's how Cofield rolls. But uh, no, just really honored to be on their show, man. And, and again, I say it all the time. That's still the ultimate goal. You know, regardless of what I'm doing right now, the ultimate goal is to build still to be on ESPN Las Vegas, uh, full time. And so, uh, just working a little bit more, a little bit more each and every day to try to achieve that goal. Very, very happy where I'm in at right now, but please believe that is not the end all be all. I'm uh, I got I got bigger goals, I got bigger fish to fry in life. So uh, just really happy to be a part of that. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Like I said, I'm not gonna bring that conversation to the podcast every single week, but if something is a good one or you know just one of them stands out to me, I definitely want to uh, bring it to the table. Since this was the first one, I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and bring that to the table. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line seven. 707-654-4693 is the number. Uh, right now, though, I got to tell you about DoorDash. And the reason I got to tell you about DoorDash is because if you're busy like me and I stay busy, you know, it's very rare that I even get an opportunity to eat anything or, or whatever. I just kind of say, oh, I'll push it off for a little while. I got I to gotta work. I got this to do. I got that to do. I can just take a couple seconds and hit up DoorDash because they'll deliver it right to the door. I could be working on the podcast and they'll deliver it right to the door. So I could actually be working on the podcast. I could be wrapping up an interview on ESPN Las Vegas. I could be wrapping up the show on Silver and Black today. Whatever I'm doing, I could just be, hey, I could hit up my phone and just dial up a DoorDash with the DoorDash app and, and choose what I want to eat. And by the time I'm done with what I'm doing, it could be ready to rock and roll, ready for me so I can sit there and eat and, and then get back to whatever I was doing because, you know, again, work never stops. So, you know, DoorDash is the app. It brings you foods that you're craving 
right to your door. Ordering is so easy. All you got to do is open up the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. That's what I was talking about a little bit earlier. And they got over 300,000 partners in U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, Australia. You know, we get a lot of callers from all over the country. Well, DoorDash delivers all over the country. It don't matter what you want. You want something from like a, a chain restaurant. You want something from something local that you, you really like, your go-to place. They got it all covered like an old-school Jimmy hat. So DoorDash is what you need to use. And right now, all listeners of the Locked On Raider podcast can get $5 off and zero delivery fees of their first order of $15 or more. All you got to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code Locked On. Don't forget, promo code Locked On, $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a text message from GStack757. What's up, Raider Nation? What's up, Q? This is GStack757. Been listening to you talk about trading our 2021 first round pick to Jacksonville. I agree with you, but wouldn't you want to keep that pick and trade later round picks instead? I figured that you would have more film and info on potential first round picks then say a third or fourth round pick and also how's your segment on silver and black today called the q-tip and not have any q-tip or tribe call quest playing in the background lol you should change the name to queued up with your boy q i won't even charge you for that idea <laughs> anyway thanks and have a good day wait i can't seem to find the raider nation radio live i've been listening to the podcast and they are a day late help me out please that's from gstack 757 so i'll address the the last part of your text first uh lvsportsnetwork.com lvsportsnetwork.com click on raider nation radio 920 you can listen live also Raiders.com. It's actually on the team's website. Raiders.com. Go to Raider Nation Radio. It's right there. You click on it, listen to it live. Also, if you have the app, the Raiders app, their mobile app on your phone, you can go to under podcast and you'll see Raider Nation Radio and you can click on that and you're good to go there as well. So all those different uh, entities have it. Also, TuneIn Radio has it. I think it still says 920 the game, but that's what it is. Uh, and so it's not on radio.com. A lot of people make the mistake. It's not on radio.com. So that's how you can listen to us live. Uh, and then obviously on the radio as well, if you're in the Las Vegas area. So, uh, yeah, that's that answers that question. As far as the Q-tip and, and, and what it's called and what it's playing, I have no control over that. I'm not even a big fan of that name, but I don't know what else to call it. So, you know, we just kind of gone back and forth and we're having fun with it. And I'm just blessed that they, they want me to have a segment every day. So uh, that's what I'm going to keep doing. So well, they can call it whatever they want to call it I'm gonna knock it out now as far as the trading the first round pick to Jacksonville look I will say it doesn't look like the Jaguars are going to get a first-round pick for Ngakwe. So I was saying, you know, that, hey, it would be okay with me if they gave up a first round because I think that he's that good of a player and you know what you're going to get. But, look, if you don't have to give up a first round, if you can give up a second or maybe a third or a third and a fourth or a second and a, th- and a fourth, whatever. I don't know. Whatever your combination is, it, I, I just think that it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad idea if you went and made a trade to go and get Ngakwe because, again, you can't have any too many guys getting after the quarterback. But, yeah, it looks like, it looks like that you're not going to have to give up a first round pick and it's funny I saw some website a Raiders website and I won't say which one it is because I'm not trying to dog anybody but it was so funny because they were like uh recently a radio personality suggested this and I was like why didn't you just put my name out there 
You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the one who suggested it. Why don't you just go out there and say, hey, recently, Q on Raider Nation Radio said this. I mean, get, don't beat around the bush. You know, especially if you're if you're trying to, you know, change or change the narrative of what I said or you're trying to, you know, go against what I said. That's OK to put my name out there, but they didn't do it. So it was just like recently uh, a radio host. And anyway, anyway, I will say what it is. It was actually RaidersBeat.com. I throw it out there. And again, I'm not beefing with them. It was just funny that uh, that's what the, that they put out there instead of just saying, you know, hey, this is what Q said either on the podcast or on the radio. And we don't agree with it. That would have been fine. But they didn't do that. So either way, it is what it is. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Uh, next up is a call from Raider Khan Man. He's calling to speak on Damon Arnett and what he thinks about him, what he's hearing about him. Here he is, Raider Khan Man. What up, Q? Raider Khan Man here out of Lubbock, Texas. Um, one thing I'm fired up about is I'm seeing videos of Damon Arnett. I, I heard he's looking good in practice, and, and that's awesome. But one thing that I love that I'm pumped about is seeing him Dancing in practice, you know, he's he's got a little bit of chip of chip on his shoulder and he's talking. He's talking that smack and that's one thing that gets me fired up is seeing that out of a young rookie. Cuz you know, remember when we had Conley, he's quiet. He's in there. You never heard a peep from him. He's always had his hood up as Gruden said when he first got there. And it's good to see Arnett cuz you know people are talking about him like, "Oh, they they took him too high." and all this, but screw that, he's there, he's in the silver and black, it doesn't matter, it does not matter how you got there, or if you're, if you're coming in and they're, they're dogging you, I mean, you go on the, you go on the field and you show it, you show that you're a 19th overall pick, and I think that's exactly what he's doing in camp, I mean, I know it's, it's early on, but it, it just got me fired up seeing him just dancing out there on the field and, and, and talking the talk, and it seems like he's walking the walk as well. From what from what I'm hearing, so um, just wanted to shout out that, and I'm fired up for this season. Love the show, Raider Con Man out. There he is, my guy Raider Con Man, right there. It's always good to hear from you, brother. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I like a guy that's more vocal. I like I like a guy who has a little bit more swag. Even though you know you got to produce on the on the field, swag is one of those overused words. But still, you kind of understand that the guy feels like he's in the part, right? He knows the part. So I'm excited to see what Damon Arnett could bring to the table. A lot of people didn't like him because they didn't they didn't have him on their radar when they drafted him. Now now that they're hearing about him and a lot of people have gone and done some research on Arnett, uh, they're very excited about him. And look, I, I didn't have him on my radar either. I'm not saying that I did. I'm not saying that I pegged that. I thought they were going to get a defensive back. I didn't know it was going to be Damon Arnett, but I'm okay with it. I think he is an absolute Raider-type defensive back. And uh, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, in my opinion, they got guys in-house that have been uh, they're they're kind of in their image and their vision of what a team is supposed to look like and sound like. Garyon Conley was not one of those guys, but Damon Arnett really seems to be one of those guys. Now, again, like you mentioned and like I mentioned, you got to go out there and get it done on the field. But just very interested in uh, in what he's going to bring to the table. I think it's going to be some really good things. Uh, my final text of the show, because I don't have very much time, is going to come from Michael. And before I even get into the conversation, I got to sound the alarm one time. Because my man Michael is a noob booty. Say, what's up, Q? It's Michael. I'm a noob booty. I've been listening to your podcast for two weeks now and really enjoy the podcast. That's awesome, man. Only two weeks, but he's, he's really enjoying it. Decided he'd text in. That's cool. He says, my question is, 
Do you think Foster Moreau is going to get playing time with the addition of Jason Witten? Moreau was balling before he got hurt. Are we going to be running a lot of double and triple tight end sets? Because I think we can have a scary tight end duo for years to come. Again, that's from Michael. New booty here on the Lockdown Raider podcast. And Michael, first of all, salute to you. Thank you so much for checking out the show and riding with the show, man. And that's that's awesome. Uh, as far as your question goes, I think Foster Moreau is going to get plenty of snaps. I think Jason Witten is there for a leadership role. He show, he's there to kind of mentor these younger guys, show them the ropes, show them what made him a Hall of Famer. Not saying that Darren Waller and Foster Moreau are going to become Hall of Famers, but yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to still, uh, he'll, he'll get some snaps. He'll get some snaps in the red zone, but Foster Moreau was a dog, man. I mean, look how many touchdown catches he had in his rookie year, and even though he didn't have a whole lot of catches in general, he still had multiple touchdown catches. What do you have, five touchdown catches in, in seven passes or something? I mean, he was a touchdown machine. He just had a way of getting to the end zone. I like Foster Moreau a lot, uh, and it looks like he's 100% back from that ACL tear. Obviously, Darren Waller is a dude, and Jason Witten is just going to teach him how to get better. One of the things that uh, Jason Witten did so far already just for Darren Waller, and Darren Waller mentioned this the other day, is that he taught him how to get off the line of scrimmage quicker. You know, Jason Witten is an older dude, and he's not that fast and never really has been that fast, but he still is showing Darren Waller some of the tricks of the trade, how to get off the line of scrimmage quicker. I think that that's important. And so, yeah, I, I do believe that that uh, Moreau is going to definitely get uh, get his action. I think you're going to see a lot of Darren Waller, of course, and uh, you'll see Jason Witten sprinkled in as well. So uh, I do think the Raiders have a couple of the, the better tight ends in the league, and uh, I'm very excited about the future with them. And of course, they're going to be uh, security blankets for Derek Carr. Darren Waller is a big-time playmaker, but Foster Moreau is a big-time security blanket as well for Derek Carr. Uh, I got time for one quick call, and this is going to be from Flavius in Indiana. He always has quick calls. He's calling to talk about what or who he's going to miss the most with no fans in the stands in 2020. Here's Flavius in Indiana. Hi, Q. This is your boy Flavius calling from Indiana. Hey, uh, I'm calling in regards to, well, I mean, what everybody, everybody's calling in saying what they're going to miss about this season, not getting to go to the the fans, the one thing I'm going to miss, and I hope she's listening, is Lucille. I mean, that big hair, that just changes the whole atmosphere of a game. It gets you all hyped up, gets the stadium going, but I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe she can put an advertisement on the seat. Okay, out. There he is right there, Flavius in Indiana saying he's going to miss Lucille the most. And uh, for anybody who's a new booty and doesn't realize what he means by Lucille, Lucille is a super fan that everyone saw on TV or that Chargers game. She was up there in a sea of blue. It was when the game was in L.A. She was in a sea of blue down there by the end zone. She was just dancing and riding and, and just holding it down, had the big afro on. Anyway, uh, that's, her, that's her Raider Nation alias is Lucille. She's been on the podcast before talking about how Lucille was created, and that's who uh, – Flavius there is talking about and it's funny because I actually emailed that uh, that call over to Lucille and, uh, and let her know that there was a call in her email to check out that was about her that I got and uh, she was super excited and she said uh, oh wow thanks for sharing that that was awesome uh, and she said I think it's finally starting to register that Lucille's kind of big I get surprised by people every single day it blows me away but I guess I ain't going anywhere so uh, that's uh, that's pretty stinking cool uh, so she's a she's a real big uh, Raider fan obviously 
She's a supporter of Raider Nation Radio, been on the podcast, so she's a supporter of the Lockdown Raider podcast as well. So uh, either way, man, uh, that was a good call. Appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow because that's all I got time for right now. We'll be back tomorrow with more calls, more text, straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, more news and notes of the day, and uh, we'll get into some more conversation. I actually have a conversation about Jadavion Clowney that I was going to bring to the table today. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Either way, we'll get into some good conversations because that's what we do around here. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the love. Make sure you stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Do what you got to do. Social distance. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.